Welcome to the Future Perfect Podcast, where we talk with compelling people breaking new ground in art, media, and entertainment. This podcast is produced by Future Perfect Studio, an extended reality studio creating immersive experiences for global audiences. Episodes are released every two weeks. Visit our website, futureperfect.studio, for more details. I'm Wayne Ashley, founder and creative director of Future Perfect. This week, we interview Sistof Gabaczewski, a theater director from Poland and founder of the Dream Adoption Society. He's a graduate of the Faculty of Theater Directing and Dramaturgy at the Ludwig Solski State Theater School in Krakow. He uses the medium of theater to touch upon existential issues and search for the limits of human experience. Since 2017, Sistoff has been developing a new theatrical language using 3D virtual environments, avatars, physical sonography, and live actors. He combines these into carefully crafted mixed reality experiences for both online platforms and theatrical audiences. the impetus for this change to move away from a kind of classical physical theater training into this focus on the virtual for me it was uh, very important from the beginning that theater uh, has this ability of being very experimental field for human interactions by this approach it became for me really interesting to to play with the expectations of the audience so it became very interesting for me to uh, use live streaming techniques and play with the audience that they come to the theater but suddenly they see the screen in front of them and the screen was covering completely the stage but they still could see some fragments that, that there are people there uh, behind the screen almost like in a like a plato's cave uh, moving like a shadows and it, it's also quite important that all the footage we were using and and still are is made live these are live performances uh, even if they are happening in virtual reality right now they are still live but I think that there's some amazing energy uh, surrounding this fact that we are actually together with the audience in this process. Theater has come to an end for you in some way. Theater has failed, or it's no longer a site for experimentation and innovation. Something about that is thrilling to me, that for you, theater has reached its end. There is something about it, reaching this end, especially in the work of Grotowski, that he kind of reduced theater uh, to this very basic elements uh, of the actor and the spectator, and even at some point uh, crossing even this division into some kind of form that started to be ritual. And, and, and this ritual is probably something that uh, connects us. And when he was looking for this ritual in theater, I'm, I'm looking uh, for it in this digital form of theater. He, for example, uh, had this uh, term, uh, art as vehicle. 
And for me, it became really interesting to interpret it this way, that art in, in the words of digital art as vehicle, because basically he meant that, that the, um, he was trying to, to cross this boundary between the spectator and the actor and, and someone who's like performing, acting like in the means of act to do something. And the spectator became just someone who is giving the energy by focusing on actor. And this actor is in the process of reaching some higher energies through gathering this energy and performing some very codified movements and, and songs to transcend his condition. And somehow I saw that it's exactly something that is happening for us when we are using VR headsets, you know. But when when they had to practice a lot and make a lot of those exercises, uh, we can just do it very quickly. And through through technology, we can reach it in a very special way. But actually, all his writings are very inspiring for me. It's a really big field to... Um, like be inspired uh, and um, and he also was at some point not very satisfied with this kind of form of conventional theater because he was in the search for the theater that is a live theater and I think this aliveness is still in theater but not maybe exactly in the in this very conventional stage of the theater uh, suddenly recognizing myself as someone who's making kind of similar choices at some point, but maybe in some actually very opposite direction. But this direction is so opposite that, uh, you know, I, I still feel very close to him. And uh, I, I guess today, if he would live today, maybe he would also make VR. <laughs> There's this spiritual and philosophical dimension that underlies your use and understanding of technology. You, you speak of transcendence, of mysticism. You've talked about Plato. You've talked about the world as a, as a simulation. You, you've brought up all kinds of transcendent ideas about the technology that I'm curious about and how that affects the way you work or the, the works that you make. Tell me about those mystical ideas that you see in technology. For example, Plato, you mentioned, is also very important for me. Uh, I staged the symposium by Plato. Uh, since I studied philosophy years ago, it was for me always very um, tempting to stage it this um, like one of the most significant philosophical pieces uh, in the whole like human history and and it also was a dialogue something that in a kind of also naive way seems to be very uh, appropriate for the theater it has parts people are talking to each other uh, it, it seems to be perfect for theater we did this show in warsaw like a few years ago, I have to mention that it's very successful. It's played till today, like for seven years, always a full house, which I find funny, you know, that people come and listen to Plato for two hours. Uh, mm, all the Plato categories mm, also are very inspiring for for VR, you know, like like this Plato cave that we mentioned. It's, it's this metaphor 
that there is this feeling that that there is something behind the reality, some kind of behind our matrix uh, uh, that we live in, uh, and and it's also this intuition that some kind of approach to the technology can be not something that is getting us uh, farther from this essence, but actually that can get us closer to this essence. A bit also like with nature, it's a very problematic, let's say, term, because all the nature in the world became, you know, uh, culture or agriculture. There are no uh, white spots on the maps and technology is creating this uh, completely new or um, not creating, but also reveals us some kind of new fields of research that we can make on on human consciousness and all the things, uh, tools that we use, uh, like virtual reality or artificial intelligence are the tools to recognize ourselves more. Also for me, this uh, process of working with virtual reality is like this alchemic process where we bind some elements and they are so surprising and some new, like new creations, new creatures like avatars and and all other uh, digital entities that are starting to populate our world and, and we interact with them. It's interesting that AI has become a really useful tool in your theatrical research. There's a whole new set of tools for theatrical composition, for dramaturgy, for audience experience. You not only have the theater, but you also have the VR space, you have live film, and there's also the possibility for another audience existing somewhere else connected through VR to the work. Give us a sense of what it's like to enter a theater and experience one of your works. Yeah, it's something that works on my consciousness and, and the consciousness of audience. And we use all those tools to discover some new field for this consciousness to, to get together uh, those even um, transmissions that are working there uh, through uh, actors performing uh, on a stage but in VR headsets and then the avatar is transmitted to um, streamed to the screen and, and we can see actor performing uh, live on stage but also being somewhere else and there also uh, like you said that there is an audience for example also uh, participating in somewhere else i somehow feel that all these things are there on the stage like not f always physically uh, exactly there in the um, mediated form so it opens some kind of philosophical uh, questions, you know, of what is this reality? I mean, what is time? Like, how we experience this time when suddenly an actor uh, is performing is somewhere very far and, and sometimes very close, you know, and this affects us in a very, gives us very different sensations. So I'm looking for those sensations and trying to make like a poetry out of it. Here, Faust uh, is important for me as a poetic language. And for me, all those um, 
things that are using are like words and poetry. They combine into very like paradoxical meanings and uh, and sometimes work against our common sense of uh, understanding reality. And for the audience, I, I think it's. Uh, sometimes pretty shocking to experience this but but it's like a good shock you know like like a, something that takes us out of this normal uh, state of just participating in this reality without questioning it I, I guess like like we need to question this reality to make somehow this world uh, a bit uh, different. In Geta, this work becomes very special right now for me. Uh, I, uh, like a freaky stuff is happening, not only uh, during the rehearsals, but while working in the, on many, many dramas. Uh, but here it's something special that this Geta somehow becomes like, like the spiritual experience of gathering different ghosts, like Faust is calling those ghosts on the beginning of drama and, and we are in a kind of similar process of calling the, those ghosts and, and, and sometimes I feel that this uh, Goethe is, is somehow present with us and guiding us through this process, uh, you know, that is also like a like a very hallucinogenic experience. Like uh, there's this part where, where Faust is drinking this potion, the witch's potion that is making him younger. And, and there's a guy, Pockert, he made this potion in the 50s, you know, <laughs> like really he was drinking this potion with his friend and, and they both had like very intense experience. And I feel it's like a... Mm, mm, like a trip somehow, this um, poetry, but described in a very, uh, very uh, amazing mystical and, and philosophical language. You talk about the importance of theater as a space to explore the boundaries, human boundaries. The theater specifically is an important place to do that. What kinds of boundaries do you think technologies enable us to cross? It's like boundaries of time and space. Like these are the main boundaries I, I feel right now that that we are crossing, and boundaries of our understanding of being together. When we were doing the, those pieces, for example, I mentioned on the beginning that you watched Exegesis by Philip K. Dick. You know, it's a, um, uh, it's a piece uh, in, that we did together with La Mama in New York, and it, it's inspired by, by Exegesis, uh, um, this amazing diary that Philip K. Dick had. He had this experience, some kind of uh, transcendent experience, and he then described that he spent the rest of his life trying to understand what happened to him. We were also meeting for our rehearsals and for our recordings in virtual reality. We were spending there a lot of time uh, together with Jim Fletcher, Danusia Trevino, actors from New York, also actors from 
and performance uh, composer and and uh, 3D artist like like Anastasia uh, together in VR and 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 it was uh, like like amazing to to create this uh, like a utopian um, digital community that is making uh, theater suddenly uh, uh, crossing boundaries crossing this fact that we at that time couldn't uh, just uh, meet together but it was opening some new um, new possibilities i like that you are sharing the very positive and productive aspects of virtual production because some of my colleagues would say you can't make live performance unless the bodies are in the same space and time so i'm i'm very excited to hear you talk about what actually promotes a different way of working with new results when you can't meet in the same space and time i think here there's no opposition between those two uh, fields uh, in a way that that uh, it's of course very funny to to go to theater uh, and it's also very funny to to go to digital theater i mean um, uh, i think both forms have their uh, have their reason for existence but for me it, uh, just recently it was i would say more mind blowing to experience all this uh, virtual um, pieces also because of the possibilities that that it creates you know with all the um, possibilities of creating like for example things that are really not possible to experience in reality and this is why i'm like uh, thinking that that is very in a sense like hallucinogenic but it's like hallucinating without uh, you know like without drugs you know uh, it's just like through technology you can uh, uh, reach those levels you know i feel that presence is still some kind of like presence there i mean uh, maybe you need to maybe spend a bit more time for your consciousness to really adapt to it in theater uh, like after playing the performance we we kind of uh, you know, uh, hug each other uh, uh, when we do it live, uh, and 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 then we were doing the same after playing digital performances, and 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 it was a maybe a bit awkward to to hug someone and 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 just uh, suddenly experience that that uh, you just touch the the. Uh, bunch of uh, like scattered polygons uh, but then this feeling was still with us you know and uh, uh, I guess with the development of technology it will uh, become something really powerful for the performance in this piece the artist is all but present uh, it was this uh, bit joke on Marina Abramovic performance and and also it was like maybe the most uh, like a Grotowski uh, uh, kind of piece that that I made. Uh, the situation was really reduced, the uh, theatrical situation, and the spectator uh, was wearing uh, Hololens uh, glasses and and was seeing on the empty stage the hologram of of the actor uh, that was performing. Uh, it was streamed hologram, so actor was performing live. Uh, 
actually it was local streaming so he was actually sitting just in the neck in the room next door but still it was like like mm, uh, really amazing visually but then they were creating poem together and everything the the spectator was saying uh, while this having this poetic conversation uh, was appearing in the room like flying as a words just flying in the space and i was uh, thinking that that it's really something that you know uh, you just cannot experience it in the other way like that you create a poem you speak you're participating in this poetic conversation and and, and this creation is automatically somehow uh, appearing these are the kind of those moments uh, that are making this work really something new. I'm remembering this moment in our first encounter on Zoom where you said that you have a distaste for the idea of story and that we should stop using the word storytelling. And I, I, I'm, I'm very attracted to that because Right now, in the last, I don't know how many years, the whole discourse from marketing to theater venues to performance venues have all said everyone is going to be telling their story and, and storytelling is the most important thing that human beings do. I, so I was just taken by, the, by your kind of distaste for that. Do you remember what you were communicating to me when you said that? I would maybe make this opposition of storytelling and, and experience. And I think experience is something more significant than storytelling, that not everything can be put into storytelling. And storytelling is something that is happening in time and experience is something that you can have immediately, like enlightenment or, or like... A, like this uh, enlightenment is like, of course, very uh, big thing. Let's say it doesn't always have to be this big thing. It's like like with those moments when you understand something uh, in one second, you know, and uh, you you think you you grasp all the meanings, you know. Then uh, when you're trying to make a storytelling out of that, uh, um, or when you try to just describe this uh, meaning, uh, it's it's suddenly all lost. <laughs> like, uh, this uh, you know you have to spend like another I don't know week and and write an essay and and a lot of sweat to 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 kind of bring back. I feel, uh, you know, we are losing also something by storytelling, like we are losing some kind of potential of the art, uh, you know, by just uh, putting everything into story <laughs> and storytelling, like, like, uh, and, and closing ourselves on this, like, much deeper experience that it can uh, be, you know, like uh, the, the, the fact that uh, the, 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 the art piece can uh, just leave you speechless, you know, and what's, what's then about storytelling, about this fact? And, and uh, of course, if you expand the, the meaning of storytelling into, uh, you know, also uh, like, like some other realities or, or some other um, 
like meanings maybe maybe then don't have sense again but i feel uh, some kind of possibility of of art like and 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 metaphors and and uh, abstract art can uh, can just go directly to your mind or to your i don't know soul and change um, like a change in 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 us is somehow um, a mystery uh, i would say i don't want to say that i'm i'm like like a mystic here and and and, and probably some some psychologists could could name it in some better words you know that but but uh, this this change is very rapid I, i feel it's it's like just happening like like one day you wake up and you are someone else you know and, and same with art you know you experience something and you don't exactly know why it's so uh, um, important and and then it's coming back to you and back it becomes this like like very um, very significant uh, moment of of life it's like um, Uh, falling in love or or like uh, you know more like a process maybe uh, of of um, process than than uh, than the uh, storytelling this last image of you before we stop and that is an image that you sent to me of you in your boat the boat is a very powerful symbol you know because it's 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 not quite it's it's not stable it's not on land it's in the process of going somewhere else there's a journey there are potential threats and crises um and it's also about leaving somewhere to go somewhere else tell me where you are with your boat right now i call it like liquid modernity it's like surfing on liquid modernity it's a term by by zygmunt bauman the, the polish philosopher uh, and and sociologist uh, based in england even today like i was um, just uh, like thinking that my god like like uh, i chose the the most <laughs> stable uh, home uh, i could uh, imagine we started also from the war uh, you know that is happening right now and then we see that that all those um, like uh, things that we think that are can be stable you know and and that we can uh, extend on them like on some solid ground are becoming or shifting into uh, and and uh, becoming um, like uh, and times like like a very dangerous places and, but of course like like this idea uh, appeared uh, much much before that so so i'm not like uh, um, i'm not yet a refugee that's escaping from that boat i'm, I'm more like uh, maybe uh, odysseus uh, uh, you know <laughs> in this sense like like uh, uh, going to to um, just for a moment for, to another island and then turning it to the trip uh, for like 10 years um, we'll see it's like um, also part of idea like like uh, i wonder how it will develop to to make digital uh, art both like uh, uh, you know um, with <laughs> reaching as much uh, as much as i can sustainable energy and and green energy from the sun and from the wind and uh, 
and travel uh, by uh, those means of, of the wind and, and the water. Um, I like this also knowledge that it's um, necessary, you know, the, um, the weather and, uh, and the navigation uh, and the stars and how you can, uh, you know, use it for your um, setting the point where, where you are, like, uh, like in those old times, you know, and somehow it's for me... Uh, like very somehow modern experience in in a way uh, yeah. of of trying to to you know um, see the point where we are through those different uh, very uh, changing points and and not being in a stable um, position um, uh, and always in some kind of movement. Uh, so when is your next trip? Yeah, I just have to finish this Faust and, and I'm going, uh, you know, on the sea. So where are you going? Oh, probably it will be because I have it right now in Poland. So so uh, I will go to Norway or Denmark uh, or like through Germany, somewhere there, like, like um, farther, like hopefully reaching uh, Mediterranean or Iceland, like, like, <laughs> far away, like, like, uh, like, yeah, mm, Iceland, it's a bit more cold, but, but um, still very fascinating. I think this is a good place to stop, to imagine you on this boat, leaving Poland to Iceland in all of its stability and instability and all of its tools about finding directions and where your point of references are and that's great yeah, reference. i like that point of reference yeah.